The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry with Joe McGill. Good morning, how are you this morning? I'm Joe McGill and you're listening to the Saturday Supplement and I hope I find you well wherever you are listening to us around the world on RadioCurry.ie or on the traditional wireless 96 to 98 FM. Happy New Year to you and I hope you all had a wonderful and uh, peaceful Christmas and I uh, hope you're looking forward to the new year now. January's a strange time, isn't it? You'd be kind of, I don't know, kind of neither here nor there in the first few weeks of it and you'd be looking forward to the evenings uh, or the days getting longer. I keep mixing that up, but the days getting longer and getting out and uh, about. Um, lots coming on the programme this morning. Um, we'll be going to two more schools for Logamnica Kiri, where the school children of Kerry tell you the stories behind the place names where they live and the meanings and uh, the stories behind them and people are really enjoying that so I hope you're enjoying it uh, too. And this morning on Log Amna Kikiri, we're going to hear from the school children of Killeen Lee National School in Drummond and also Skullvrainon in Port McGee. And we'll also have another episode of A Bloss of Kerry, Women in Food. And we'll be hearing this morning from Darren Barrett of the Gluten-Free Company. But it is the first Saturday of the month, so that only means one thing. It's time to talk to Dominic Walsh for our monthly In Focus. Happy New Year to you, Dominic. How are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic, Joe. Got through the Christmas, tough Christmas. First Christmas of my father-in-law, and we missed him yes, terribly, yeah. but we got through the, the Christmas. So I understand how a lot of people feel around the county there when they have loved ones in there, thinking of them over the Christmas. So we got through the Christmas. It was a good Christmas. And the weather's improving, and days are actually, you can't tell too much, but they're getting that bit longer. So, Joe, you need to be out there now in the evenings going for your walk and getting out and, you know, looking at the skies and what's happening like it's great. Yeah. Um, how was the Christmas other than that? You d- you didn't cook it this year, but you were out doing your Christmas swims. I did. I did Christmas swims. I did the banner Christmas Day swim, which was absolutely fantastic. Did an enormous crowd, enormous crowd. And just from the end of the day, like I used to always do the swims years ago myself. And uh, when you come back then and you see other people doing it like that, you realise the pain. <laughs> that they go through <laughs> the pain because if you're a regular swimmer which I was a lot but, uh, many years ago I swim regularly going into the cold water at that time it wasn't as bad it wasn't a shock to the system as, as much as it was but when you go swimming once a year and you run down into the water mm. and like and a good tip is never jump into deep water during the winter yeah. when it's cold because yeah. like you could get palpitation you get cold water it shock. actually can be very bad it for you it can yeah. be very bad yeah. for this and that so Tipping nice into it like that, Joe. And to the people that didn't go the whole way and only went up to the knees at the thighs, I didn't take pictures of you. You're okay, you're fine. Everybody I took pictures of went in and had a good swim like that. So it was great on that. And I enjoyed it as well. And I didn't have to cook this year, Joe. Yeah. It was great. My wife cooked dinner. I helped. I peeled potatoes and I organised things and I helped. But I think this was your first year. I did it a couple of years. And of course, you had to be as good as me. Yeah. You had to be better than Dominic. Yes. And go along and do it this year. Yeah. 
tell me the menu. Did you have menus? Oh. Or do you like me or just have a menu? Did you practice beforehand like I did or did you just go on the day? We actually totally went on the day and I definitely think next year I'd be way more prepared. We were about an hour and a half late starting the dinner anyway. <laughs> like from when they had to sit down from when we said they'd be sitting down. But I peeled, you mentioned peeling potatoes, I peeled a full bag of spuds. I mean, not a small bag, like a big bag, you know, one of the big, big paper bag thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's because we had... We had stuffing with spuds in it, with potatoes in it. We had mashed potatoes and we had roasties. That was a new thing that we did. And that was the thing. We were kind of amalgamating two households as well, kind of, you know, traditions. So we had to have bread stuffing then because the mahani side would be more the bread stuffing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to give away too much information yeah, yes, about yeah, them, like, yeah, but, yeah. you know, that's the way it was. So um, it was... It was a great experience, though, to host everyone. And I think it's over. Like, if you had a bit more preparation now, next year I think if I went at it again, I think it would be easy, breezy, lemon squeezy. The turkey, there isn't a whole pile to the turkey. No, actually, no. And I had that myself when I was cooking. Yeah. There wasn't a hole to it like that. And you just work it. It's about time. I'm useless on time. But I hear you mention mashed potatoes. In my house, we call it pandy. Pandy, yeah. Pandy, so like you put a bit of milk in it, do you? Milk a bit of bun, in, yeah. And you put a bit of milk into it, you put a nice bit of butter into it, and you chop up the onions like that and put it into it like that, you know? Yeah. On that, but, so. the, but the turkey, like, we got our turkey now from Ringer Kerry Apple Farms, a beautiful uh, bronze turkey, and we had the temperature probe, so you put it into it, but it was an electronic, very fancy, with an electronic one. I bought this a few months ago in anticipation of the turkey, <laughs> so I brought it out of the box and put it in, but you can actually put the thermometer outside of the oven then, so you can keep your eye on it. As oh. it's coming, so you can make sure anyway you won't poison anyone. That was the main thing. That was the main thing I was worried about, that I wouldn't have it cooked enough. But other than that, it was a fantastic uh, day. And that's what it's all about. But you do go, geez, all the, all that for that. Yeah, you know, but it, it is, it is, it's a lovely kind of a thing. And, and we invented new traditions, which is great as well. So all in all, it was great. I want to ask you about the Christmas women. Do people dress up? Because you see the photos, like... Some of them kind of have weird outfits. Is that a new thing or was it that is. the way it always was? It's starting was? to come in. Is it? it is yeah. starting. And, and I think it's absolutely lovely. You get people coming down as Santa, dressed as Santa Claus, dressed as Santa's elves. Like you get, you get leprechauns coming down on that and I wouldn't say anything about people cheating and having a wetsuit on over the fancy dress underneath the fancy dress because they don't cheat you know and that they normally wear wetsuits like yeah. that. but it's great and they'd have the hair done and they'd have the hats and they'd have drinklet or wrinklets and everything coming off like that and you see some people then coming down then they'd have flashing lights on themselves coming down like that so they're the ones now that don't go into the water too far yeah. like they'd have little flashing lights it's great it's a very enjoyable time of the year Yeah. because as I say you're meeting people then that you wouldn't have met for over a year. But, but is it, like, that's you working again. I know you were saying it's, it might be, but it is you working in a professional capacity. So you're working on Christmas Day? I worked on Christmas Day. I worked on Christmas Day 30 years yeah. on that. It's one thing I do. Like, I, I go to Banner, and the lads outside in Banner Sea Rescue are great. They run a good show out there. They're very safety conscious, and they're very time conscious, because they know people have to be out, get it done, and get out, and, and get home, or whatever they have to do. Arrive as early as you want, but you know exactly by... 20 past half one, everybody's coming out of the water and everybody's heading up. So they're well organised out there on that. So like when I go out there, I'm there. Yes, it is work. I enjoy it. 
and mm-hmm. I do enjoy it. Um, I've had a couple of days before Christmas where I don't work at all and I'm at home and that's my time then like that. And a thing that we should remember as well this time of the year, like there was volunteers out there that day from like Banasee Rescue, they were out there. And the people that we don't mention every year and I feel that they're kind of lost out, we've people in workplaces, be it the guards or the rescue service, mm-hmm. let's call them blue light service or any service that has to work Christmas Day. And the people really that don't get, that I feel that don't get a big thank you on the day are the people that are there or working there for years and stand aside to leave the people with young families spend the day with their kids. Mm. And that, like, yeah, that's there's true. A, there's yeah. a lot of people doing that out yeah. there and I don't yeah. think we actually give them a clap in the back enough to thank them for doing that. A lot of people I've met over the Christmas and I was speaking to them and they were actually had stepped aside to let somebody with young kids enjoy like that. Like Christmas Eve, enjoying, waiting for Santa to come and having all that enjoyment around like that. You know, it's it's a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we will be uh, doing our Log Amnica Kiri as well, just to remind you of that. And the schools that will be involved there are Killingly National School and uh, the National School in Port McGee, Skull Vrainon. Um, as well. So just a reminder of that. That'll be coming up a little later on. And also, we have a very special live from the past where I go back to a particular time in history. And this time, because of the time of the year, it is, I'm going back to the wake of Big Bertha. Do you remember Big Bertha, the cow? Do you remember Big Bertha? Don't I don't know. You don't? No. Big Bertha, the oldest cow in well, the world. Heard, yes, the yeah, world yeah. Guinness bo- uh, Book of Records. I would have imagined you would have photographed Big Bertha. No, see, like that. But you'd be from a family background. Uh, That'd be a fierce uh, interest to you now, like that. Whereas I come you'd from be allergic town, to the book. I would, see, yeah. I think milk comes out of a carton. Do yeah, you? you'd be taking photo of the tail instead yes, of the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be coming up a little later on as well. Now, we've two very special kind of um, awards we're giving out today. We are giving out our photo of the month as we do usually for January but we're doing our photo of the year for 2023 and these are all up on the Radio Kerry website if you go to the In Focus podcast section you'll see all these photos we're talking about today um, and this is something we've done now Dominic over the last few years how long have we been doing In Focus now? I think we're doing since, we're doing, since COVID, COVID wasn't it? Yeah. COVID. It was 2019 is it? Yeah 2020 was COVID so it was about yeah. then yeah it was yeah. about April yeah. I'd say yeah. so we're doing it we're, we're into our fourth year My so, God, yeah. so this is is something we do a photo of the year and we have some fantastic prizes to give to the photo of the year so in my hand as we're speaking i have an echo dot where you can add alexa to any room so you have that as one prize and then you also have this fantastic prize of two tickets to sounds country with the stars on 21st of february in the Glen eagle ballroom clarney and um the uh, stars on show are the likes of Louise Morrissey, Declan Nurney, Jack Kyo, Bernie Heaney, Dowron, Dermot Moriarty, Paddy Coffee Band, Paddy McAuliffe, and Crystal Swing. And tickets are thirty-three euro plus. Fees available from the box office. Um, you can ring 064 So I should say that again. 064 6671555 or online at ticketmaster.e forward slash inec.ie It's on Wednesday 21st February but we have two complimentary tickets and that will also go to our winner of Photo of the Year along with the Echo Dot at Add Alexa to Annie Room. So Dominic we'll start off with the first photo and we'll go by month um, January, Margaret O'Shea the Robin so a robin who visited my backyard daily during the snow some years ago. And this is a wonderful photo. And as always, we give out themes 
every month and uh, you know we have like uh, the winter team when it's coming into January and it can be changing as it goes and that was kind of reflected in the photos over the year so it was actually a joy Dominic to go back and look at all I had to go in and look at all the photos you know that we that had entered each month and it was amazing it, it's amazing to see the way the seasons change and they change so quickly from month to month and what we talk about but it also shows how quickly time goes by you know with this show because each month we're looking forward to something else yeah, yes, and now we're already moving for Christmas we'll be moving to spring and spring to summer and it's reflected in the photo so the robin is a real winter christmas kind of a photo and it, this is a beautiful uh, it's absolutely photo. lovely like like when you see it, we get our pictures in every month we get them in and thanks to people who send them in we look at every picture we talk about every picture we spend a lot of time going through it we spend a lot of time talking about it and looking at each picture and as i've always said joe these pictures are seen around the world they're not just local, like radio carries on the internet and people around the world, an American place like that, are actually looking at this and they can see it. This is the story of Ireland throughout a year. This is a calendar as you're actually seeing it. Now, we looked at them there and to see the robin the first month. Like, that is an absolute brilliant, brilliant picture. I'm not great at photographing birds myself, never been the best at it like that, but when you see a picture like this, it's great. We have a robin in our place, chased the cat out of the shed, an amazing robin like that, so it's a great picture. The composition is lovely, the bowl is there, and the robin is just a side-on view, and you can see the tail and the wings and everything like that. Great picture. Excellent. So that's Margaret O'Shea, so she was January. Now, we will be going to the rest of them, but we will go to a break, and we're going to be looking at the other 11 months after that, and we're giving away here to the photo of the year 2023 an echo dot at alexa 20 room and also two tickets to sounds country with these stars we take a break with a more after these the saturday supplement on radio kerry brought to you by virgin media ireland's best broadband visit virginmedia.ie it's playtime now, so we're in focus with Dominic Walsh for Saturday of the month. Very special in focus this morning because we are announcing our photo of the year for 2023. So basically, each photo of the month over the 12 months we have here in front of us, we've already looked at January, and now we're on to February. And of course, the winner gets this uh, Echo Dot uh, at Alexa to any room, and also uh, two wonderful tickets to Sounds Country with the Stars, which is taking place on the 21st of February in the Glen Eagle so we've two tickets there as well and that's all for the photo of the year so looking at February Martin Greenwood um, Lock Gill Boat hello Dominic and Joe the photo was taken on the early morning of Tuesday 17th of January 2023 so almost a full year ago it is my favourite spot down by Lock Gill in Castle Gregory when I was out walking the dogs and we stopped to admire the stunning view as the sun was just beginning to rise what more could you want to start your day best wishes Martin Greenwood in Castle Gregory this is a place I've never been Lock Gill um, Lock Gill, isn't it? I've never been there, yeah. Yes, yeah, Lock They, should, they should have thrown an MC uh, before it, and I might have got there then. <laughs> um, it's it's a stunning photo, this one, and you can see the actual boat is kind of almost submerged in water and the ice has formed in it, and then the beautiful snow-capped mountains in the background. But I remember you even on about this, Dominic, about, I suppose, the technical ability in this photo as well is stunning. The technical ability is absolutely amazing. Um, it's, it's out in Lock Hill, and what they do is during the winter, they bring the boats, the, the, um, the fishing boats, and they bring them up off the lake and into the reeds, that area there, where it's, it's dry and around there. And what, ha- what has happened with this boat, it's filled up with water, and the water is frozen on top of it, and it's there. And the thing I've always said, like, you're either, 
in the shot or out of the shot. This boat is neither in nor out of the shot. It's there. You're getting a bit of the, the port side, a little bit of the starboard side. And the port is left, starboard is right. You're getting the boat. You're shooting from the stern, which is the back of the boat, up along, and you've got the paddle in, looking through. And the reeds are coming up, and the sky is up, and it's absolutely... As the picture goes, people should look at this picture. If I was a teacher, I'd be showing this picture how to show people how to take And course. is that breaking the rules then by you saying it's neither in nor out? But as I say, but photography... rules are made to be broken. Rules yeah. are made to be broken, and it's absolutely a fantastic picture. Excellent. So into March, then, and Ida Hannan, goldfinch, a goldfinch on a cherry blossom in my garden. Cherry blossoms are stunning, aren't they? And uh, there's a real mixture of colour here with the goldfinch in, in the kind of centre of the photo. It is, yeah. And the thing about it is, like, like, like when you see, like, like, and the trees blossoming, like, this is March, and you always see this, and it's a lovely time of the year, like, that and you see it and brings everybody into good form like that. And you, you've, you've got the go- I think it's goldfinch, isn't it? A yeah, goldfinch that's what it inside, says, yeah. inside of it, looking inside. and it's tucked away. It's like as if it's hidden and it's looking. It's a square format as opposed to any other format, and it works quite well. And it's very well cropped. The shape is good, and I like the fact that the board is in that lower third of the photograph, and that really adds it because you've got the space and you've got the sky up and all behind. Great picture, brilliant. Brendan Cassan then in April, and it was kind of the St Patrick's Day theme then because we were getting the photos from March Tarbert Bridewell Hi John Dominic my photos of St Patrick's Day theme is Tarbert Bridewell lit up in green for the celebrations and that is something that's happening more and more every year it was kind of an international thing where you know iconic buildings were lit up in green and this is being done in Kerry as well and it's kind of a unique kind of a photo it's great look it's like as I always say thinking outside the box going out and taking a picture of a building at night you don't normally do it you'd rather stay inside that time of year is probably cold like that it's great to get out to walk around and see this and take the picture the composition is quite good and the fact that the building behind is green and the actual fence or the stone in front is normal colour it's actually it's, it's a great yeah, contrast, contrast yeah. whereas if the whole thing is green the front would disappear into it so great picture yeah and even have the sign telling you it's Patrick's Day as well which is yep. great yeah um, on to May Michael Kennedy who was a wonderful photographer Brinnerville Windmill at Nightfall reflections of Brinnerville Windmill at Nightfall just a small sample of the many wonderful scenic locations we have in Kerry we are truly blessed to live in such a beautiful county best regards to you both Michael Kennedy in Inch and Michael has captured a uh, an iconic building you'd call it I suppose in uh, the Blenneville windmill and there are reflections in the water as well it's a, a, a tough photo I'd imagine to take kind oh, of at is, that time it's difficult yeah because my first commercial job ever back in the 80s actually was the Brindle Windmill when they were doing it up and they hired me in as a as, as a photographer to take pictures of restorations was going along so like it's, it's a re- I love that building I think at the time we were talking about that the only thing I didn't like about it, the tide was neither in neither out it was halfway apart from that it was great because the reflection of the water is unbelievable even when you see it here it's a great picture and it's a great place for people to go and take pictures it's safe it's there and you can take and you get it like that and you get so many different aspects so it's absolutely brilliant picture we often talk about macro photography I think yes. it is where you zoom in on an object maybe a bit closer than you normally would and this next photo in June Brendan Kassan a daisy hi John Dominic you are my sunshine from the view of the daisy on a summer's evening Brendan Kassan and I remember that theme it was you are my sunshine and uh, this I I absolutely adore this photo I think it's brilliant this is a picture as I say some pictures need to be hanging on a wall this picture needs to be up on a wall it's absolutely brilliant it's like a picture you'd see on a postcard or on a card like let's say I'm thinking of you or get well soon yes. it's that type of picture yes. it's an iconic picture and you've got the sun coming down it's backlit as we call it so the sun is coming from the back and the daisies there and the fact is the petals are cut out of it it's macro macro is when you go 
nice and close to take a picture. Zoom is when you're far away and you bring the image close to you. And it is, it's an upright, it's a portrait, it's a very long photograph. I was just thinking there, we're getting all the Dominic Walsh classics today. He's like Arnold Schwarzenegger with his catchphrases, I'll be back. He has thinking outside the box, iconic photo. He's using them all here today and rules are made to be broken. So we're getting the best of Dominic Walsh for the best photos of the month here and the year. So here we're on to July. Noel O'Neill Clotterhead, long exposure vista from Clotterhead, Keown Shraha, west of Dingle County Kerry. And we do get some stunning landscape photos, and this is another one to add to the list, uh, Dominic. The sea looks a bit funny to me. What's that called when you well, do that? Well, now, what is like, like, no, like, is, I reckon he's a very good photographer. He knows what he's doing like that. The mm. reason the sea looks funny is because he's using a slow shutter speed. He's probably obviously got his camera on a tripod, and when he's taking it, everything that doesn't move stays exactly sharp and clear. The clouds come a little bit blurry, and the sea gets a little bit blurry, but it adds a lovely kind of effect to it. It's mm. really nice to see it like that, and that's a great, that's kind of like a, a, a photograph that has motion, motion less in it. So it's great. Great picture. I absolutely love it and the colours amazing brilliant August uh, photo saw Brian and we never got a surname for Brian Weir Bridge took this photo on my phone last October as a quick snap but when I looked at it I realised how good it was as the sun was reflecting off the water and lighting the arches of the bridge the old Weir Bridge Clarny such a lovely country but not as nice as the people and uh, I presume you mean county Brian not in Kerry at the moment big smiley face bridges are like that you know the them kind of bridges are going aren't they you know they're more square now the way they're done. They are, yes, these, yeah. these beautiful arches used to have we've um, a bridge down from us um, Anagar Bridge at Doreen River and we used to go under it as young lads it was very safe like you know it was kind of very shallow or whatever but it was a lovely place something magical a bit like Huckleberry Finn or something you know it is, but you, you get these sounds and yes. like and what happened with the arches the bridge are increasing you're getting a bit of an echo you get a very unusual sound under them this is a great picture and I don't know why when they're building build bridges now that architects don't take a leaf out of these old bridges <laughs> and put lovely stoneworks inside them because it's absolutely beautiful old railway bridges are the same they're absolutely yeah. fabulous this is great because the sun is quite low and it's coming down reflecting in the water and it's lighting underneath the arches so like if I was taking that I'd have to be thinking at the time and I was going to make the sun was right this gentleman up and just spotted it and he did the right thing Took it very quick and you just got it. Brian Fair played you. Great picture. September saw Sheila Quirk send us a photo landscape again from Brandon. Colourful scene at Brandon County Kerry. Sheila Quirk, Castle Gregory. Again, a lovely um, photo of a beautiful landscape. And I remember commenting on the time about the beautiful Mount Brescia. And I was corrected that Mount Brescia is, is, is considered a kind of a pest uh, rather than a beautiful plant to be described in that way. But it's lovely, like the colours lovely. I actually go out to this area quite often and I, I know exactly where the picture's taken from on that because I, I have a boat and we go out to Brandon there a fair bit in June or summer like when the weather's good and this is great. And there's something like, you know, like Sheila has just taken the time to squat down a little bit behind the stones, shoot through the stones and look at those stones. When you see the stones, you know they're old stones. They're there a long, long time. They're, there's whiteness in them, there's the colour and everything like that. And again, the composition is great. It's not a square, it's more of a rectangular picture like that. And it, it just, as a picture, I thought it was very good. This is what I mean about when you go through the photos like this in the month, how you get the changing of the seasons. And we, we've gone through our kind of summer photos. We're heading into the autumn now, into October. And Richard Forn, autumn on Valencia Island. And this is a fairly dramatic scene around the marina there of waves crashing over pleasure boats and fishing boats alike. 
Absolutely. <coughs> this is a great picture. And we did comment on this. And I did a comment on how actually wise the person was staying away from the water yeah. and staying up long. And you informed me that they were actually members of the Yarn Light. Yes, one exactly. Time. Yes, yeah, and, that's yeah. and the like, lighthouse keeper as well. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So like, like when you go to places, like be very, very careful of how you actually get a picture because no life is worth getting a picture so always get it right and that's I noted on the day it's a great picture I love the waves crashing up and crashing over it it's absolutely lovely it's a great picture November Michael Kennedy Autumn Glontanasig Hi John Dominic in Aurora wet and cloudy October the rare appearance of the sun enhances all and gives everybody and everything a welcome lift this shows sunlit autumn leaves at Glontanasig Forest Park best regards Michael Kennedy in inch again I think this is Michael's second photo is it and it's a great uh, photo of an autumn scene typical autumn scene there this is lovely the and that's you get the colours of autumn and this is a magical picture this is a picture now like when you look at news you'd see wow if you had to advertise a photography workshop or anything like that that's a picture that you would use when you see it it's backlit the shadows are coming down the shadows are on the road there like that you know and it's great and you just you can go into that and you can hear the cars going or the, the birds tweeting or whatever like that and just stay there and get a nice picture it's absolutely lovely and I love the colour in the leaves of it. we started in January with a robin and we're finishing in December with a robin Donal Daly went to robin a photo of a robin taken early morning in Tralee Town Park and I had to get down on my belly and elbows to get this one as you can see we love that going the extra mile Dominic and again the robin this is a different photo of a robin though than our January one and it's just as beautiful it is for the January one I said doesn't it work better when the board is to decide but when you look at this picture now that board is there and he's putting his shoulders out and he's looking right into the camera what are you kneeling down and squatting down in front of me for it's a great picture and I like there's a winter colour of blue in the background and the frost the, the grass is frozen solid like that you know and you can see the, the little crystals ice crystals on the grass oh it's absolutely lovely as a picture it's absolutely fantastic excellent hold your thought because we are going to announce our photo of the year after these the Saturday supplement on Radio Kerry brought to you by Virgin Media Ireland's best broadband visit virginmedia.ie it's playtime now the time has come to announce our photo of the year 2023 and the winner will get an Echo Dot at Alexa to any room and also two tickets to Sounds Country with the Stars taking place Wednesday the 21st of February in the Glen Eagle Ballroom Killarney Dominic what have you gone for for photo of the year firstly I suppose we have to compliment everyone that sends us in photos and also the standard of our photos of the months. Well the standard was absolutely amazing and every person that sent in a picture and got a picture of the month they're actually winners as well so like that. Um, I brought in another photographer, Dan Lennon, senior photographer the Irish Examiner, to have a look at my set that I'd picked out and you'd looked at and to narrow it down and we came to a unanimous decision on this like that. It was very close to a couple of pictures but this one came and the winner of the 2023 Photographer of the Year, Radio Kerry, is Martin Greenwood from Castle Gregory. Woo! So that was the boat, Lock Gill. That was Gil. the boat, yeah. Lock Gill boat like that. A brilliant picture. And as I say, if I was giving a lesson in photography, I'd use that picture as a sample. Brilliant. And just a reminder, hello, Dominic Joe. The photo was taken on the early morning of Tuesday, 17th of January, 2023. It's my favourite spot, down by Loch Gill in Castle Gregory, when I was out walking the dogs, and we stopped to admire the stunning views as the sun was just beginning to rise. What more could you want to start your day? Best wishes, Martin Greenwood and Castle Gregory. Well, you could want an Echo Dot at 
Alexa 20 room. That's what you have won now, um, Martin. So well done. And you also have two tickets to Sounds Country with the Stars. And we'll be in touch about that. So congratulations. It, that's a huge that's a huge uh, string to your board to have four of the year. It is four of the year. Yeah. That, it is. And Joe, like, like in all fairness, like it's well deserved. Yeah, brilliant. Well, let's start it all again, Dominic. And we're going to our photo of the month for January and you sent us in photos the theme was what Christmas means to me so holding hands while battling a storm as they arrive at the White Sands Hotel Ballyhigh on Sunday for their senior Christmas dinner party were Mary White John Flahav also Mary Agnes and Patrick O'Hara yours Moss Joe Brown and that is something we didn't mention during Christmas but the Christmas dinners and those kind of social occasions are huge not the actual Christmas day dinner but those kind of Christmas dinners where community groups get together the senior Christmas dinners and all that they're a big part of it as but well they're a big part like, and you know, like we all love going out for a meal sitting down having a chat and like meeting up with people that we might have met for a while like that and it's great and John, you know, I didn't even have to look at the name of this picture I knew it was Moss straight away like that you know, I know he's starting I like his style it is my style as well I like daily life photography a lot I think it's great and it's lovely you've got four people there looking into the camera before they go into the meal and it's just very casual it captures a moment it freezes time yeah and that's just a great compliment as well testament to Master Joe Brown that you know his style which is, is brilliant that you can be known that way looked out my front door on Friday 22nd of December just leading up to Christmas and was greeted with this picture all that was missing was Santa's reindeer and slay James Nealon in Causeway. An unusual photo through the threes with the sun kind of setting in the background, back, backlit kind of. It's backlit, yes, but you, like what you, you see the things, silhouettes can be quite easy to do, but it's to get a silhouette that actually captures the mind. This is a great picture, it works well. You've got the, the sun just setting, you've got that kind of orangey, glowy, grey sky behind it. If he'd waited till the sun went down a bit more, he might have got Santy in the sleigh in at that stage, <laughs> but I think he was just a little bit too early because Santy doesn't come around when it's bright and when the the kids are still awake. Very good. Good evening, Joe and Dominic. Good evening. Oh, good morning to you. This is our first time spending Christmas in Ireland at our home in Kells. My dearest friend, Agnes O'Sullivan, who's a big uh, supporter of the show, told me to send this to the radio. Happiest Christmas and New Year's. Warmest regards, Vicky Seelan. Um, this is a real kind of a different slant on what Christmas means to me, and I suppose Christmas in a new home, and that that, that can be, um, for a lot of people, they'd be moving into a new place. Um, it's kind of an unusual from the gable wall angle with the clouds and it's dark, but there's lights lighting out and emanating from the house. Reminds me of people when they put the light in the window, and that's very much a Christmas kind of a, a thing as well. It's a great. It? You know, like, it reminds me of the Ed, can you that coming home for Christmas the, wanting. The ESB Yeah, come I think I'm um, Turning to what's that in the living years, isn't it? In the living years, yeah. um, yeah. Who, you man, he's um, Alan Carr or Alan, not Carr. He's on one of the TV programs since the morning show, isn't it? TV Tree, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's the, the actor in that, and it's all to do with the ESP and the, it is the mother is the folding mother, the blankets and the hot water yeah. press. And that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's ab- it, that's when I looked at that picture. It just gave me that feeling, like when you arrive in that house, you've got the, you can look into it, you can see the warm colours inside, like that. It's absolutely great. People should look at it. It's an unusual angle. It's an angle you wouldn't normally dream of doing, but it's lovely. And you've got the light, the sun, and the sky dropping down as well. Great picture. Now, for many, there's the religious aspect to Christmas and there's the crib uh, at Christmas time. Good morning, John Dominic. This is what Christmas means 
for me. Filemore Church, picture taken on Sunday Christmas Eve. And the second picture is the crib in front of the altar. The crib figures are all handmade. I wish you both and your family's health and happiness and blessings in 2024. Thank you for this monthly in focus slot on Radio Kerry. And that comes in from Agnes O'Sullivan. And Agnes usually gives us landscape views from her beautiful views in Kells in uh, South Kerry. But now we've been taken into the inside of the church. That's that's lovely, isn't the kind of handmade element to the crib as well? It's lovely, and I I actually I go into the church quite often, and I'd light a candle for myself when I sit down and just relax. And it's amazing the peace and tranquility it gives you inside in the church, and this photo kind of gives that out as well. And like when I looked at the at, at the crib to see, and I was like, God, yeah, you know, look at that. They're actually, as you say, they're handmade. It's lovely to see it. Isn't it absolutely lovely? And, the, and I noticed that baby Jesus isn't inside in the crib yet. Yes, because he you only know, arrives. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yes. That's good, yeah. Um, hi, Joan Dominic. Christmas for me is enjoying hill walks with like-minded friends, the Christmas charity swim, and having family and our grandchildren come to visit. The first photo is taken en route to Bull's Headless Bowl Dingle, showing two members of Dingle Hill Walking Club taking a photo of the sea stack at Canard, known as Unsorok, meaning the foal. Photo two is of my grandson, Seamus O'Neill, who's always a joy to have around the place. Wishing you both and all Radio Kerry listeners a very happy and peaceful 2024. Regards, Noel O'Neill. And Noel is very talented always as, as a photographer, but I like the idea of taking a photo of someone taking a photo, and then the black and white of the grandchild is just stunning as well. You see, it's great to see it actually this time of year, because the shadows are very low, and the shadows are very long, and you can see it coming off the body. And as a fact, as I always say, people don't have to be looking into the camera. They can be looking away, and it's great. And you, you see, you've got three subjects. You've got the person in the foreground, the person in the middle, and you've got the C-stack as well. So it kind of adds a line to it. It draws you in a little bit as well. It's absolutely lovely. Brilliant. Uh, Alan Hughes is the guy in the ESP ad. I was trying to think of his name. Hi, John Dominic. This is my picture for this month. This one is for Santa. Thanks, Nora and Elegant. And it is a little... I. I think it's a girl it could be a little boy with long hair but uh, the little child is there with the hand behind the back with a bun and you know what there's a few bites taken out of the bun even if it is just I for Santa yeah, and that. it's there behind the back that's a beautiful photo as well they're lovely the black and white I'm a lover of black and white I think there's nothing like black and white. Black and white is a great format. It's a great discipline to get involved with. It's a different kind of look to it on that. And you can do, you get away with a lot more mistakes in black and white. If the lighting isn't good and you even got yellow light or anything like that, you get good black and whites. It's great. The child at the door is absolutely brilliant. It's like as if they've taken the bun, they're not telling anybody they have the bun, they've got a couple of bites yeah. and they're looking out like yeah. that. And we can't yeah. see the child's face, no, it's the it's back. No, it's yes, from the brilliant. back, yeah. they've lovely hair and all looking. Yeah, excellent. Hi, Joan Dominic, with regard to your meaning of Christmas theme, I attach two images. First image is of an altar area of Inch Church, beautifully lit and decorated for Christmas, with the addition this year of Christmas crib, placed centrally in front of uh, the altar. When our regularly visiting stray cat announced himself outside on our windowsill in uh, front of internally placed Christmas candle and cards, I had to take the second image. It evoked thoughts of Christmases long ago when it seemed every rural house and cottage had a cat perched on its windowsill. Although this fellow is well, a well-fed, uh, fat and 
tea. He nevertheless insisted on partaking of additional nourishment before he departed on his merry way. No doubt he had additional Christmas calls to make. No doubt also, but that he'll be back. Wishing you both all the best for 2024. Michael Kennedy in uh, Edge and wonderfully described uh, photos there. The old stray cat, we were talking about that before, Chris. Yes, yeah. Do you still I've, have yours? We still have always We call the cat Jimmy. Jimmy. Obviously, we don't know whether it's male or female on that. <laughs> we call the cat Jimmy and the cat was around the Christmas for a little bit of food and that and we have the white lights and everything like that. Lovely to see that. It's amazing that Probably cats do it more often than we think they go around and they probably have several owners. I've ta- I spawned to people and a lot of people taught me the last time. And the shot with the crib in front of the altar, absolutely lovely. I love the reeds at the back lit up as well and it's a nice shot. It's a warming, welcoming picture. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, the last photo comes in from Brendan Kassan. Hi, Joe and Dominic. My What Christmas Means to Me is the crib. Happy New Year uh, to you both. Looking forward to the year ahead. And uh, very unusual crib with loads of colour and the robin perched on top. There's a lot going on in this photo. There is, yeah. A lot of colour. But see, the thing is, like, cribs really, I think, have come back, especially this year now, because there's been the moving cribs and there's, there's I've never seen so many cribs around, so it's absolutely love to see them. And somebody's put little lights on them and all like around it and you see the wise men and the donkey there and it's all there it's great this one has baby Jesus in it now on that so like we should get in there as the yeah the but time. Then, then the three wise men shouldn't be here yet either should they oh, don't come for a while yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we're getting into real technicalities um, so they are our photos for this month so Dominic what is your photo of the month for January 2024 well uh, what Christmas means to me it had to be the one of the house you know and I just I liked it it was coming home for Christmas what it means to me like that and that was taken by Vicky Celine. Yes, yeah. yeah, and on the recommendation of Agnes. Yeah, so well done. You are our photo of the month uh, for January. A beautiful uh, photo indeed. Now, our theme for next month, Dominic. We're going to do a, a theme next month, like Walking With Me, Joe, is, is going to be the title. Walking and fact, With Me. Walking. It can be anything. You can walk with a friend. You can walk by yourself. You can see things as you're walking along, whether it'll be a, um, a bridge or a house or anything like that. It's just getting out. The reason that we put a theme in this every month is to get people's minds thinking, as opposed to them go out and get a picture. It just helps people along. Like when I deal with editors, they give me ideas. I take their ideas and I produce images. So that's how it is. Get out there. The weather's improving. The Days are getting longer and get out there and always say hi to the person who's walking past you. So what is it again? The thing is walk with me. Walk with me. So there you are. You can email them to jmcgill at radiocarry.ie midday, Wednesday before the first Saturday of the month. We're going to take a break with more after these. The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry. Brought to you by Virgin Media, Ireland's best broadband. Visit virginmedia.ie. It's playtime. Now, congratulations to all our winners, the photo of the year and January photo of the month. And Dominic has brought in his own personal photo of the year for himself for 2023. And it is of a stunning image of an arm uh, going up of a swimmer with an Olympic tattoo on the person's arm. So this reminds me of that big trip you did there last was it in the summer you were ringing me from there and you were telling me where you were you were trying to make me jealous 
And I was telling you, I was in the Costa del Sol Curry that I wasn't too put out. But this is the, the glamorous side of your, of your job. You don't realise it, Joe, but I do have a hard job. And I work very hard. It takes a long time to get an image. I picked out this image because it worked for me. Um, I have a great interest in swimming on that. And I, I'm, I'm a swimmer all my life. And the fact is that when I got this picture, the composition I like, I got down really low. I had to lie down very low. Where, where was what country? Spain, was it? Sp- Tenerife. Tenerife, all oh, right, yes. Tenerife. I thought you'd leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. it was in Tenerife. So and you were lying down the side of the pool. I was down the side of the pool. And With a pina colada in there, one had the <laughs> camera wish. and the other. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Spanish Olympic team, and they're on a training session, and I was invited out over to cover it as well. So I was out covering. And the one thing I like is that, the one thing I noticed when, when I was meeting the swimmers for the day, every one of the swimmers had the Olympic rings tattooed on, on yeah. their arms yeah. like that. It's lovely to see. But this is a shot that I've, I, a guy swimming, he's swimming through the water and the speed they go at, they go very fast. So I was using a 400 millimeter lens on that, a 2.8 lens, big lens on that. I was down the ground. I had my hand underneath the lens looking, focusing, because I had to rotate it up and down as they were passing me by and I had to wait for them to come in and come out on that. I shot it at 400 of a second, which is way too slow that's against the rules that's breaking the rules again way too slow to get it but I wanted that splash of the water I wanted a lot of the splash and I wanted some of the splashes actually blurred so what you do is you slow down the shutter speed and you travel the lens with the swimmer so as the swimmer is swimming up along me if you look at the front of the lens it's going the same speed as the swimmer so when I do that he should be sharp-ish and then everything else should be blurred around it. So when you see the picture and you see it, it gives this effect on it. And the fact he's got the arch of the hand coming in and the water's all over the place and you can make his eye out in it. It's just, to me, it's a picture that it took so much effort to get and it just worked out quite well. And is that why you like it as well, the technical aspect as well? It was. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's difficult to get. Yeah. And that's when I was trying out this camera, I wanted to push it to its limits. Yeah. And this, to me, would be... Um, pushing it to its limits. It's it's called panning is what we call it yeah. in, in the trade as photographers. And as as I say, when you're doing so, you could do it yourself. You can even do, do it with your phone. If somebody's running past you, just hold the phone and move the phone mm. the same speed as the person. So that means they'll be sharp and the back then will be quite blurred. Yeah, and tuck in your elbows to keep in, your hands steady. And nice and tight. Yes, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It yeah. depends what speed you're shooting at. I was shooting at a very low speed here. Yeah. So I had to brace the body down and take like that and get my breathing right when I was shooting. Yeah, again, like the sniper. The breathing. Get yeah. the breathing right. Yeah, very good. So I, I almost believe you that it was more the t- technical and the wonderful photography experience on a lovely holiday in Tenerife but uh, that is uh, I remember those photos and you brought in a wonderful uh, story what was it called a picture story picture story picture story story, yeah Yeah, it was brilliant as well so Dominic we're off to flyer already in January I look forward to welcoming you back again next month thanks for coming it's the listeners that make it. You and I can hear, we can have a talk, we can have a banter, but the listeners sending in the pictures, I get excited when they come in. Like I'm saying, send them Joe, send them Joe. I'll send them when I have them all. No, send them, and I absolutely love it. Brilliant. Walk with me, that is the theme, so email them to jmcgill at radiokerry.ie. We're going to take a break for the news. After that, we're going to be hearing from Dern Barrett of the Gluten-Free Company for our Blossom Kerry Women in Food. We're also going to be hearing from Kenny Lee, National School in Drummond, and Skull Vrainon, National School in Port McGee. Um, for our series, Log Amnica, telling you the meaning and stories behind the place names in their area. We'll take a break with more after this. The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry, brought to you by Virgin Media, Ireland's best broadband. Visit virginmedia.ie. It's playtime. The Saturday Supplement with Joe McGill on Radio Kerry. 
Now, so we're into the second hour of the Saturday Supplement, and I hope you're enjoying the programme so far. Later on, very shortly, just about after half past ten, we're going to hear another two episodes of Logamnica Kiri. And this is where we have school children from around the county telling you the meanings and the stories behind the place names where they live. And this morning on the programme, we're going to feature Skull Vrenan in Port McGee and uh, Skull Nashunta Killeen Leah in uh, Drummond as well. So very much looking forward to that. But uh, before I forget it... Happy Women's Christmas, or a small Christmas, or Nolignaman to all of you out there as well. And uh, I hope you'll enjoy that. That's very much the end of the Christmas now, isn't it? A lot of people take down their decorations kind of after today, don't they? Even though I see some people are kind of taking down, I have them taken down a lot sooner, even before Christmas Eve. That seems to be a new thing, I think. I don't know. Usually, um, kind of around our place, anyway, it'd be um, after small Christmas, then you'd have to be taking them down. We used to always go to my grandmother's, actually, in Val- on Valinch Island for uh, Nolignamal for small Christmas, and we'd kind of have a Christmas dinner again. And, uh, yeah, used to love going in there to uh, Katie Lyons House and Cool in Valencia. And also later on, we're going to have an episode of Live from the Past because it's 30 years since the wake of world record-breaking cow Big Bertha, which took place on the 31st of December 1993. So just just over 30 years ago. Big Bertha, a lot of you would have known or heard of Big Bertha, except for Dominic Walsh, who never heard of Big Bertha at all, which I'm very surprised at. I'm sure he would have uh, had to take photos at some stage. But we are going to be going live from the past. So this is where I go back in time to report on that event. Now, uh, it is time for another episode of A Bloss of Kerry, Women in Food. And this is a unique eight-part series where we focus on female entrepreneurs who have their own food businesses in Kerry. And in this episode, we're going to hear from Dern Barrett of the Gluten-Free Kitchen Company. This documentary is a Maureen Nivehuna production. It was funded by Commission the Man with the television licence fee. This is A Bloss of Kerry, Women in Food a unique eight-part series where we will focus on female entrepreneurs who have their own food businesses in Kerry. The series will gather some of the finest food businesses in the county, where the owners share a dedication to quality food, supporting each other and using local ingredients. We'll explore some of the most impressive and interesting Kerry female-run businesses today who are truly doing their county proud. In this episode, we hear from Darren Barrett from Tralee, who set up the gluten-free kitchen company food and wellness brand in 2011 after being formally diagnosed with two life-changing health conditions within 12 months of each other. Darren Barrett, the gluten-free kitchen company. So I'm a Trilly-based business. Um, I produce from the family home, so it's not open to the public. I'm registered there. So I cater then through my website, social media platforms, and we have a family business in Trilly where my customers can collect my products, and then I also trade at markets and food festivals. Growing up, there was always cooking going on in Duran's house. Yeah, I grew up around food in the 80s where we didn't have the luxury to go and eat out, so cooking was always a huge thing, I suppose, that I didn't really respect until I was much older. Um, there was always cooking going on in the house. My dad was a keen cook. Um, my auntie on his side of the family, she was always baking and cooking, and I was baking from the age of nine. 
I remember making a black forest gato for my uncle who was over visiting. And the fact that um, we have the off license in town, the the other family business that my sister and her husband run, um, I was able to get the liqueurs very easily under the underage because I would say to my dad, I'd give him the list of what I needed and the ingredients. Could you pick this up from the off license for me? Castle Off Licence, still there, established in 1978, still running. And I used to bake, like, stuffed baked potatoes, like, take the the potato out once it was cooked in a bowl, mix it up with, like, cheese and ham and onion and put it back in. I was just experimenting constantly. Like, it's only lately I've been kind of thinking back, going, where did it start from? As Duren grew up, she had to pay more attention to the food she consumed. I didn't have any diagnosis of my health conditions until I was much older, but I always had very severe health symptoms. So I was um, constantly trying to eliminate different foods um, out of my diet to see, you know, what would ease symptoms. So I suppose I was hypervigilant without realising that I was hypervigilant, um, which would kind of lead you into wanting to know what's in your food and what you're putting into your body. Back in 2004 and 2005, at the age of 25 or 26, Dern was diagnosed with celiac disease and endometriosis. After a lifetime of difficult symptoms, which requires management through diet and nutrition, she saw a huge gap in the free-from sector. So I had met very severe medical symptoms my entire life from a baby. Um, I didn't get a diagnosis until I was 25 and 26, so two separate diagnoses within 12 months. So that's going back to 2005 and 2006, sorry, 2004 and 2005. But I had my son when I was 23 and the pregnancy was quite difficult and after he was born my immune system completely crashed so it was just really a navigation of what foods I I could tolerate and what foods I couldn't tolerate and what foods made me unwell or well so again subconsciously not realizing there were links and very little information back then about well-being and medical. We really didn't have any information about nutrition or foods. Um, I suppose we're, as Irish, we're very lucky. We came from a generation where food was made at home, like raw ingredients. We didn't have highly processed um, ingredients in our household. Um, Everything was made from scratch, but our food was actually very healthy back in the 80s and 90s into the 2000s. It was when the Celtic Tiger kind of came and you had the catalogue chef where chefs were buying out of a catalogue and when you were eating out in restaurants who didn't even really know what you were eating, then you were going into the supermarkets, highly processed foods on the shelf, um, nobody reading ingredients and I think when I got my diagnosis of celiac disease first, which would have been a lifelong condition, And then I had stage four endometriosis, which is a chronic systemic inflammatory disease. Twelve months later, diagnosis, I had no choice but to totally adapt my lifestyle, not just the food, but my entire environment. Um, So that opened the first floodgate into realising how difficult it was to actually eat when I was out of the home. Um, I was a qualified and trading 
estate agent um, an interior designer so I was actually away from the home a lot and eating out just wasn't an option because you had the sandwiches soup with flour in it wheat flour in it and just the grab and go section was horrendous the evening meals when you eat out is a lot more accommodating for people because it comes from the wholesome you know offering but the processed foods I just couldn't tolerate so I was cooking I suppose as a young mum anyway and I was a solo parent and we were co-parenting at a very young age so I cooked all the meals and that's I suppose that's kind of where I saw it can be done Um, I knew what I was putting into my body and I knew the production costs and I just fell into it then after the property crash. And what is celiac disease? So celiac disease, a celiac cannot consume the protein, gluten, are the grains, wheat, barley and rye. And most celiacs can't even tolerate oats, even if they're gluten free. So gluten intolerance and celiac disease are two separate conditions, both needing a gluten free diet. But a celiac also has to have a diet without uh, barley, wheat and rye, but most can't tolerate oats and it's just because oats mimic so some people are more more sensitive than others but there's 300 symptoms with celiac disease so it's impossible to pin down what you're feeling or when you eat and what added to it and then because celiac disease isn't something that's developed you either have it or you don't but it can be triggered any time in life, like right up into your 70s and 80s, you can get your diagnosis first time. And that's got to do with diagnostic treatment as well. So what happens is your gut gets damaged from eating the grains for too long. So then that has an effect with other autoimmune conditions. So you can actually be intolerant then to other um, ingredients like dairy or any any additives but I think with additives anyone that's dealing with a chronic illness will be more sensitive. So after a 10 year career in the property sector Dern took off on an adventure to establish a career in the food and wellness sector. So anyone who would come to my house would be fed gluten free, naturally gluten free there was no, nobody could tell the difference and then I saw the online world started to really take hold in around 2009 onwards and the amount of misinformation that we all know is available when you go online you start scrolling um, that gluten-free foods were ter- terrible to taste gluten protein doesn't have a taste so that's impossible to make that claim but yes there's a lot of products out there that are highly processed and don't taste nice and I would have been one of those customers that was looking at the price, looking at the ingredients and saying, hold on a second, I can make this at home. So after the property crash, we all lost um, our major income. Um, So I went from working full time to three day week. Um, I still had a mortgage and a son to raise. And I started, I just decided one day, do you know what? I was very lucky my dad being in the property section had a empty commercial unit. And I went in there one weekend, the run up to Christmas, it was the first of November, I think, thereabouts. And I did a Christmas market selling my breads and cakes and literally within a week I had Shankara health food store asking me would I supply them bread every week and I had um, the daily grind asked me would I drop in cakes and I had no business plan 
no startup capital. Sure, I was doing this to top up the income so I could pay the mortgage. And I just said, hold on a minute, there's there's an opportunity here. So I worked uh, the lead up to Christmas. So the, I had done the local enterprise board, start your own business course. And then in the March 2012, I leased... Um, the cafe, the, the restaurant that used to be David Norris down in Ivy Terrace to use their kitchen um, and start looking at a proper business model. Um, and I wasn't there long before customers found out where I was. They were literally knocking on the door. So I'd be running up and down the stairs um, and I said, we're not open to the public yet. Um, leave it with me. There's another business opportunity there. Um, so I decided because we had all the like tables and chairs and everything inside that that uh, commercial premises that I do a 10 day pop up um, restaurant for the Rosa Tralee in 2012. And I opened Ireland's very first gluten free celiac safe cafe deli for 10 days, but we didn't close for two years. Yeah, so that was that was how it how it began and and manifested. Dern Barrett there, and we're going to return to Dern after this break. The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry, brought to you by Virgin Media, Ireland's best broadband. Visit virginmedia.ie. It's playtime. Now let's return to the episode of A Blast of Kerry, Women in Food, featuring Dern Barrett of the Gluten-Free Kitchen Company. This was a period in Dern's life that she absolutely loved. It was actually probably the best two years of my life even though it was highly stressful because I had no capital and I was trying to do all the business side as well as 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 running a business but um it was amazing I would get calls from people in America saying we're coming to Ireland to see your restaurant and I was like you're coming to Ireland no we're coming to Ireland can we book a table and that's I'd open my eyes there is a huge community out there and it's not just celiacs you see there's a lot of people that have other health conditions and there's numerous health conditions that they need to eliminate ingredients so it was a really unique like sanctuary to come to and not worry because I opened the cafe two years before legislation came into place that you had to advertise the 14 allergens. So I already had the allergens listed on the menu because that used to be a nick of mine when I'd go into a place and have to literally go through the menu with someone. And it's like you go into a restaurant and it's still happening. You have to expose your medical data to people and it's really uncomfortable. And then if you're in company, People are judging you and the anxiety attached to it is actually a lot for a customer because all of a sudden you're sitting there going, I'll just have the salad because you get in a panic because you don't want to be the one that has to go through the whole menu. So that was that was a huge factor for me when I was designing the menu. I said, I'm going to make this a total sanctuary. Someone comes in, they know exactly what they're eating. And like the feedback was incredible from people. Like I remember, I think I was doing something on on the computer one evening, looking for something, trying to update the social media or something. And I saw that Georgina Campbell had been in and had put a review up and we had won her her accreditation. And the review was was incredible. And, you know, it was from people that weren't celiac or weren't gluten intolerant. And the word got round that you didn't have to be and how easily it can be done if the 
emphasis and thought is put in for the people that are being excluded. After two years, things changed dramatically for Dern and her business. So I was in a two-year lease um, and big red flag for me being in the property market. I was too busy to even realise we were out of lease because we were so busy. And I was getting pulled left, right and centre. And because it was the first in Ireland, there was a lot of media attention. There was a lot of... um, I got accepted onto this business programme down in Cork that we were being mentored by dragons. And then there was another programme I was brought on, which was an EU programme where I was literally flown around to different EU uh, cities. And um, basically the landlord made me aware that we were out of lease. So at the same time, I had been approached by investors to open in Dublin. And I made the decision, do you know what? We'll go on the business programme. Uh, the investment looked like it was going f- full steam ahead and I put a notice up on the, the we only had 10 days anyway to make up our mind so I put a notice on the door to say we'd moved on to Facebook I didn't even have a website and if anybody wanted orders so we moved out to there was an incubation kitchen out in uh, Fair and Four so we moved out there and I went on the business programme and I did the Food Academy and we were about to open a outlet in Dundrum on the Bilali stop and I got a diagnosis that I was very, very unwell and that my endometriosis had spread severely and I had a very large tumour in my uterus and I was about to undergo what turned out to be six years, a bit longer. I had six surgeries over seven years. Um, so couldn't go ahead with that initial investment um, and didn't know what, what we were going to do, to be honest. But the orders still kept coming in. Um, so by that November of that year, I had gotten the enterprise grant for the website. So I started my website and just kind of organically rolled with the business project while I was facing a very serious um endometriosis crisis that I didn't know there was one in Ireland but our framework hadn't been upgraded in Ireland for 40 years so we didn't actually have any treatment for endometriosis patients in Ireland. So whereas I was going into hospital I thought that the medics knew what the condition was. I only learned in October past, uh, October 22 that from a worldwide wide exposure that no that was not the case that not every medic knows what the condition is so I went through a pretty difficult time. During this period her website and social media pages kept her motivated and the business going. Yeah the website and the social media platforms I got very active on social media I totally pushed my boundaries like I I exposed myself in a way that I wasn't used to and the online world can be very difficult and I didn't have a budget to be able to employ marketing professionals so I was doing it myself and um, whereas each individual platform doesn't have a huge following. We've come, never stopped. And then if I was having surgery, I'd just put up a post saying, closed from this to this. Despite all the obstacles that Dern encountered, she has continued to run a successful business. In all this time, I've managed to actually develop three businesses within the brand. So I trade as a sole trader under the Gluten-Free Kitchen Company. I still take my small orders and I trade at different events and I pop up here, there and everywhere. I do a lot of support work. I do a lot of, um, I'm Kerry coordinator for the Celiac Society. So I run a monthly meetup 
just a social meetup. I'm there for anyone in Kerry who needs answers to celiac and gluten-free questions and then I forward them on to Dublin. Um, then I set up a business that's basically investor ready. So I'm interviewing investors. Um, that isn't as easy as it sounds. Um, it can be quite challenging. You're basically marrying somebody. <laughs> um, so you need to interview. The interview pr- process is quite long. Um, so where I am at the moment is we have secured a production kitchen that needs to be funded, kitted out, and then the business can be expanded nationwide, um, but at a local level. We're very lucky to live in Ireland. It's a very small country. And I think to appreciate that, it's taken me a while as well, that you don't actually have to be this huge company to service the whole the whole country. Um, so I'm fundraising again for uh, to to basically go into the production kitchen and we can employ eight people. And how is Duren's health now currently? Me, I will always live with these conditions. So it's management. Um, I had my most major of surgeries in August 22. Uh, it was very serious. Um, there's still a bit of the disease there. Um, I have to live with it. We don't have enough specialists. We don't have any specialists in Ireland for endometriosis, but we have a lot of really good medics out there that are trying to learn the disease. Um, it's been highlighted a lot worldwide through um, people like Hillary Clinton, who actually has it, and she she made a documentary last year. So the World Health Organization are starting to realise that they need specialists that will take time to train. So I'm learning about the condition and learning how to live with it. And it's been a really difficult time, but I'm very lucky too. I'm still alive. <laughs> And what is the future for the gluten-free kitchen company? I really hope we can get um, the, the. I've actually just. I have a minimum funding now where we've we've gotten to this stage that I actually only need twenty five thousand to secure the the loan to bring us into the production kitchen. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Is is seeking um, seeking a potential partner through investment um, the enterprise boards are great there's lots of grants available to me um, that's kind of where I where I am it's it's I'm, I'm like a, a child at Christmas trying to get just get to the Christmas tree and if people want more information where do they go the website the gfkitchenco.ie um, are the gluten-free kitchen company type that in and we appear on on page one of Google um, it's easy to find me or you can Google my name Darren Barrett and you'll find me and I'm very accessible to chat to and finally what does Darren love about the business I love that um, I love that it's it's the life like I'm living my lifestyle so I've learned so much about how we can live with health conditions and still enjoy life um, I love being around the markets I love meeting new people I love hearing their stories and seeing that we can help in some shape or form and it's very important to know as well that like we have to know what we're eating so just because there's an option out there doesn't always mean it's safe so it's about doing your own research and having a chat with the small producer
Yeah, that's Darren Barrett there, and I want to thank Darren for her time, and I want to wish her every success in the future. We will have another episode of A Blossom Carry Women in Food next week, and also after the break, we're going to be hearing another episode of Log Amnica Kiri, and uh, this time it's featuring Skull Vrenan and Port McGee and Skull Nashun to Killing Leah in Drunk. The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry, brought to you by Virgin Media, Ireland's best broadband. Visit virginmedia.ie. It's playtime. Now let's hear another episode of Lug Amnica Kiri, where we hear the stories and meanings behind the place names where school children live. And in this episode, we're going to Port McGee and we're going to hear from the school children of Skullvrenen. This documentary is a Maureen Nivehuna production. It was funded by Commission the Man with the television license fee. children of Skullvrenen in Port McGee, County Kerry. Our history left from the past generations can be found in our townlands, localities and even fields. Today we are going to tell you about the area we come from, the place names in this area and their meanings and the fascinating stories behind these names. Our school is situated in the village of Port McGee. Port McGee is a picturesque and vibrant fishing village situated on the southwestern tip of Evera just after Ringakerry. It is famous for its New Year's celebration, which are the oldest of its kind in the country and have a colourful history. Each New Year is celebrated in the village with a custom called the Old Year. It is a little bit crazy, a little bit amazing and a fantastic time. The village was also awarded the title of Ireland's Tourism Town in 2012. We are the departure hub for trips to Skelligmica, the home of preserved monastic settlements from the 6th century. But this is just the June in a crown of beautiful scenery, historical sites, and fascinating places to visit. So you're probably wondering how our village got its name. Well, Port McGee used to be known in Irish as Ancala, which means the harbour. Locally, it was called the ferry because of the constant traffic between the mainland and Valencia Island. The area was a haven for smugglers and pirates whose hunting ground was a trade from the continent of North America. Life on the open seas. The name Port McGee has several variations. Port Vigade in Irish or Ancala, meaning harbour or McGee's Port, as it was formerly known. This derives from Captain Theobald McGee, a notorious 18th century smuggler and his family. After serving in King James's army as an officer, McGee retired to the life of merchant shipping between France, Portugal and Ireland. He married Bridget Morgill, the widow of a rich Dingle merchant and also the daughter of the MP for County Kerry, Thomas Crosby. Being related to the best smuggler in Ireland can't have sat too easily on Crosby's shoulders. And there is some suspicion that Maggie's death in a Lisbon monastery was due to some exile imposed by the powerful MP. McGee's wife and his sons continued the family business of smuggling, so now you know how Port McGee got its name. However, there are more place names to discover in this area. Six miles from Port McGee is the village of Ardcast, 
In Irish, it is Ard Costa, which means high coast. Ard Cost looks out at the Atlantic towards Valencia Island. The river that flows near Ard Cost is Doreen River. It flows under a bridge, which is the entry point to Port Nagui, called Anagar Bridge. It is said that the bridge's name is a variation of the Irish name Awin Nagara, meaning River of the Laugh. Another townland of Balia Fern is in Nipeshta. It means borderland of the worms. I heard before that the old people said that it was called that because there magical snakes there before they were banished by St. Patrick. I heard that it's actually a great place for earthworms and the people use them for fishing. The fish think they're very tasty. According to the experts, it means land at the edge of the lake in which worms could be seen. Another place name in Port Magui is Nok in a Vodra or Asguelga. Konak in a Vodra, it means little hill of the dog, maybe people used to go hunting there. I hope you enjoyed us telling you the meaning of some of the place names or Lug Anamnaka in our area. We learned a lot about the wonderful places we live in and we hope you did too. Now when you visit our area, you won't just see names on a signpost, you will know the meaning behind these names. Where far is the revenue? Yeah, well done there to the school children of Skull Rain and did a fantastic job on that. Now let's go to another school. Let's go to Skull Nashunta Killing Lee and we'll hear here from the parish of Drummond. This documentary is a Maureen Nivehuna production. It was funded by Commission the Man with the television license fee. Children of Skolnashunta Kilulia. Our history, led from past generations, can be found in our townlands, localities, and even fields. Today, we are going to tell you about the area we come from, the place names in the area, and their meaning, and the stories behind these names. Our school is situated in a tiny village of Kinanlia. Kinanlia is a rural village on the banks of the Inni River in the heart of well-tucked Ebrawhead nestled between the Inni Valley and the Cumrock Valley. Not far from our school is the famous Block Ocean, the road followed by one of our most famous Celtic warriors on his way to Tiananog, the land of eternal youth. Senior football manager Jack O'Connor, current Kerry senior player Graham O'Sullivan, and former Kerry footballer Declan O'Sullivan come from our area. So you are probably wondering by now where our school and village community got its name. Well, 
There is a standing stone not far from our school in memory of a man called Leah Darug. The stone has a cross right in the centre of it. An old ohm writing is inscripted on it. It is said that this man, Leah Darug, built a church near the stone. All baptised babies were buried in a graveyard beside the stone. These graveyards are known as Cadoon and are found all along the west coast of Ireland. The old writing on the stone was invented by people called the Daeshig, who later lived around County Watford. We live in a townland called Inchibui. It is called that because the river bank was covered in furze bushes all around the inch. Furze bushes are yellow, as we all know, and gui is the Irish word for yellow. I come from a place called Island Boy, or Osquilga on Twilombui, which means the yellow island. Maybe there were a lot of furze bushes there too. <laughs> we live in a place called Drumanakilla. The Irish word of townland is Drumanakilla. This means the ridge of the wood. Quill is the Irish word for a Another place in our area is Cushcock. This translates as beside or by the river Cumarock. Another townland or Bala Farin in Drummond is Dariana or Dernina. It means awkward of the vessels. There is quite a big lake here called Dariana Lake. Another townland is Bala Nakilla. This means townland or homestead of the church. The final townland which we will explore in our area is a townland called Capanagram, or as Guilia is Kapak no ground. Kapak is a plot of land and crown is a tree. Therefore, the meaning behind the name is the plot of the trees. I hope you enjoyed us telling you the meanings of some of the place names Arlog and Nika in our area. We learned a lot about the wonderful place we live in and we hope you did too. Now when you visit our area, you won't just see names on our signposts, you will know the meaning behind these names. We look forward to welcoming you. Yeah, that's good. Now, Shunta, Kilin, Liam, well done to them, and uh, thanks a million for uh, participating on that. And a great job you did. She should be very 
proud of yourselves. Now, after the break, we're going to be going back in time to Big Bertha. It's 30 years since the wake of the world record-breaking cow. It took place on the 31st of December, 19th. The Saturday Supplement on Radio Kerry, brought to you by Virgin Media, Ireland's best broadband. Visit virginmedia.ie. It's playtime. Now, I mentioned before the break that we're going to go live to the past. We're going to go back in time. And this is where I report from a particular time in history. And in this case, I thought I'd bring you this episode where we go back 30 years to the 31st of December, 1993. And it's the wake of world record breaking cow, Big Bertha. This documentary was produced by Connie Broderick and Joe McGill. It was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee. Joe McGill reports live from the past. The famous Drimmon cow entered the Guinness Book of Records as the oldest cow ever recorded when she died just three months shy of her 50th birthday this week, outliving the average cow by more than 20 years. She also holds the breeding record, having produced 39 calves. It's even possible that she holds a third record as a charity cash cow. Big Bertha helped raise several thousand euro for cancer research in her lifetime. She was photographed regularly on her annual circuit of fair days, shows and festivals. And it wasn't unusual to see her at the bar counter either, where she was, unsurprisingly, the talk of the pub. It is entirely fitting then that she would be waked in style here in the local pub tonight on New Year's Eve. Now I'll try and go inside the Blackwater Tavern to see can I talk to the owner, Jerome O'Leary. And there he is. One second, I'll just try and get through to him here. Jerome, 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 can I have a, a quick word with you there? Uh, big Bertha has finally left us for the big meadow in the sky. Ah, uh, she has, Joe. You're a, she was sick the last few weeks, so I saw it coming. We did everything we could for her, and we're so sorry she couldn't make her 50th birthday on St. Patrick's Day next year. Jerome, can you tell me, can you remember when you got her? Ah, uh, indeed, and I can. I bought Big Bertha at a cattle fair, and she lived on my farm here, Blackwater, near Schneem, all her life. She was, she was a drilling cow, you know. It's a native Irish breed, but not one that's especially known for living that long. Really? And when then did she start getting famous? Well, I suppose in the 80s, as she got a lot older, Big Bertha started to attract attention. With the help from a neighbour, Donnie Rainey, we set about arranging guest appearances at festivals and, and shows to raise money for charity. She went then from being a local star to a national star to making headlines all around the world. And did fame affect her or did she take it all in her stride? <laughs> yeah, she took it all in her stride. Although sometimes she needed an old shot of whiskey to steady the nerves. Especially when she used to lead the St. Patrick's Day Parade, as it made its way through Schneem. Sure wouldn't I need a shot myself. And by coincidence, Jerome, was St. Patrick's Day her birthday? Correct. She was born on March 17, 1944. But the reason she was elected Parade Grand Marshal year after year was because of her world records. There's a fantastic crowd here to see her off, Jerome. But you'll miss her, I bet. Of course I will. I was very proud of her, but... Some of her offspring are still around, you know. I, I'll make sure Big Bertha will be immortalised. Of course, through her world records. You're demi- not demind her world records. I'm having her stuffed. Sorry? Early in the new year, Joe, I'm taking her to a taxidermist in Cashel Island, and I'm having her stuffed. So people can see her long after I'm gone. But the main thing about Big Bertha, Joe, and the thing I'm most proud of, is the amount of money she's raised for cancer. She has served us so well. Well, Jerome, I'll leave you get back to it in what must be a bittersweet night for you. 
Thanks very much, Joe, and mind yourself. Well, there you have it, the death of a legend and probably the first cow in Ireland or the world to have her own wake. Big Bertha's world records are unbeaten and look likely to remain that way. She will be sorely missed in Kerry and none more so will miss her than her doting owner and friend Jerome O'Leary. This is Joe McGill reporting live from the past from the Blackwater Tavern, Sneem, New Year's Eve, 1993. Now I hope you enjoyed that and uh, for those of you going out tonight or maybe going for a meal later on this afternoon enjoy Nolignaman and I hope you have a wonderful uh, small Christmas thanks to everyone who got in touch with the programme congrats once again to our photo of the year Martin Greenwood and Martin will be in touch with you and uh, as always if you want to send your photos send them to jmcgill at radiokerry.ie my thanks to Abigail Bernard who was on sound Francis is on the way so keep it here on Radio Kerry and I'll be back next Saturday again with another Saturday supplement from 9am until then look after yourself and take care The Saturday Supplement with Joe McGill on Radio Kerry 